So we'll just run, just jump right on into this message. And as I have said during Mother's Day, anything I address to the mothers are applicable also to the fathers. Today I'm talking to the fathers, but the mothers, the women in the congregation, it's just as pointed for you as well. But I'm addressing it this day to the fathers. The fathers, the fathers have such a great responsibility to complete the circle of a family. In Genesis, we are told that God created man and woman, that they might become one. And yet, in the family life, so many times today, the father is the absent ingredient. He is not there. And so many times, even those of us that with, with our families, we set bad examples. It's not the best picture that you could imagine or dream up. I wish I knew when I was raising young kids the importance and the influence I was having on my children. I was trying to take care of the financial needs and build a business. And yeah, I went to baseball, football games, and I did those things that uh, my kids knew I was there. But today I know how important it is that young people have a, a male role model. And I'm looking around at a lot of us that are granddads, and maybe the father is missing. But then the grandfather steps into the picture and has such a great influence on the way these young people are raised. Their values in life. My dad said that mother gets all the glory and all the praise for raising us boys. And she does get a lot of accolades, roses. You know, she had a tough job with us three guys running around. And my dad traveled quite a bit in his business. So he was gone. And mother was the one. She was the glue. She held it together. And he said she gets all the credit. But dad did not understand, just like I haven't understood in the past and until I started doing the reading, how important it was that when dad was home that we had that quality time. Where did I learn values of what's right and what's wrong? It was mother and daddy. Daddy could put a big exclamation mark right after something he said and he'd get our undivided attention. But when it came to what was right and what was wrong, dad was a stellar one there. Like if you take on a job, you give him what he asked for. If you agreed to work for $5 for all week, don't complain because you're just getting $5. You agreed to work for $5. So don't go griping because that's all you're getting. Give the man a good day's work for what he has agreed to pay you. And don't go crying about it. That's just one example. Ethics. Back up your word. If you give somebody a word, that is very important. These are just two examples. I know of a uh, a lady that was telling me about her father, and when they would go into a, uh, something like an ossips or something, 
then the kids might pick up a piece of candy or gum, and it only cost about one cent. But they didn't, you know, they, they, they would put that in their pocket and walk out, or they'd put it in their mouth and start chewing it, and he said, where'd you get that gum? Well, they had a whole box of them in there. He'd have them march right back in and apologize to them, and it was just a penny, but it wasn't theirs to be picked up. It was his, and it was his that, that his money went into to buy that box of chewing gum. But the father set up an example. Whether it's chewing gum or whether it's an automobile, you don't steal from somebody else. You don't steal from your employer. I had a buddy that worked as an electrician in Dallas, and he was on the union. And the union boss came by and said, this guy that we're working for isn't cooperating with the union, so start breaking the tools, his tools. We're going to drive him out of business. And my buddy says, that didn't make sense. If this guy goes out of business, I don't have a job. So knowing what's right and what's wrong is so very, very important. And fathers and grandfathers, you can, you can set the example. You can have that visit. I know I learned a lot from my dad on those fishing trips, on those hunting trips. That was when we would really create that stronger bond. And I can remember as just a little guy climbing in the back seat of the car and sleeping because it was so early in the morning and we had a long drive before we could start fishing. But Dad would take me, and I had that quality time. I can remember those special times that he and I had, and I could always learn something. It's kind of like that song. Some of you have heard it, maybe all of it. A guy singing it. I don't know who he is. Some of you will know. But he's singing it, and he says that he's going fishing with her, with his daughter, and she just thinks we're going fishing. It is so much more than just fishing. When you spend time with those kids and those grandkids, uh, when you guys come into their life, it is so important. It means so much to them. Sometimes you might just see the, the daughter or the son go run into the father in such an exuberant way. Mother is there, but they're so glad that daddy was able to make this ball game because he hadn't made the last four or five, but he's here. I know of a situation in which the uh, girls' basketball coach, after the game or halftime, he would use some foul language in talking to these high school girls trying to make a point. Well, this young lady told her father about this. And he was irate that he was using that kind of language, trying to make a point. So he goes up there and has a visit with that coach. He says, in my daughter's world, I am number one role model for a male role model in my daughter's world. I'm number one as far as her world and what the responsibilities are and how men treat women. I'm number one in that. My words and my actions, she's picking up on it. Her sister's picking up on it. And you're the coach. You're number two. 
You're second in line in regards to how much time is spent with my granddaughter and what she, she is seeing you do, she feels like it's okay to do in her relationships. So you are set an example, coach, and I can't stand this. That's isn't going to work. You're not going to have my daughter's time and her mind, and you're talking trash and making her think it's all okay. It's okay. So your influence as a grandfather or just a stranger or a friend in the family. You go over to somebody's house and they have uh, kids there. The way you treat them is setting an example, guys. Your mouth, your words, it all makes a difference. One lady told me that... uh, her husband was out edging the yard, and as he was running the edger, about three times one of those rocks popped out and hit him on the lip. So he goes in and tells his wife, he says, I don't think God wants me to be doing this edging because these rocks keep hitting me. And she was smart enough and wise enough and quick enough to say, no, God wants you to quit using those words you're using as you're edging the yard. Shut your mouth. <laughs> perspective. It's all about perspectives. And uh, I thought that was pretty quick thinking on her part. <laughs> Philippians, the fourth chapter. Well, you could really start with about the fourth verse all the way through the ninth. Uh, I learned this last week, that that's probably, these verses are probably underlined as much or more than any other lines in someone's Bible. So it'd be a good one for you to mark in your Bible. And I know you've heard it here in, in your Bible studies, but it applies so, so eloquently right here. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, Whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Lady that... uh, on one of my uh, one of the friends on Facebook posted that her dad was gone but certainly not forgotten the lessons that he taught her while he was still alive just like right now I'm sharing some things with you my dad taught me and I you know it's constant remembrance when I'm doing things well dad did it this way and she said her dad always always, underline, told her to take the high road. When it comes to a decision, take the high road. And that's good advice for all of us. These verses right here, when it's telling us whatever is pure, whatever is true, you know, whatever is right, that's what we're to do. Fathers, we are to do that because we are being watched. 
grandfathers. You are being watched. And so many times the grandfather, since it is our job to spoil the grandkids, they look to us in such an admirable way that if you, if you start stepping across that line, they're going to notice it. And if granddad thinks it's okay, it's got to be okay. Because granddad wouldn't do anything else. But what was right? Does that make sense? You're all making, you're setting an example. All of you. Every one of you are setting an example for someone that is looking to you for what is right and what is wrong. You make the call. You make the call. Are you conscious of the fact that when you're making decisions, such in business, I even went a few times with my dad on his, uh, would ride with him during the day, and I'd go on the business trip. So I could see how my dad conducted himself with business. I could see that he was taking that high road, that he was doing what was right with his customers. That's so important. So, so important that we take the high road and do what is right, not just because somebody's watching us, but we're doing it because it is the right thing to do. If you don't have children, if you don't have grandchildren, still the same answer is take the high road. What would Jesus say? Or what has been so... So much in everybody's mind is what would Jesus do at that time? If we ask ourselves that, whether it's with our spouse, with our children, with our customers, wherever, what would Jesus do under those circumstances? And when I think about the lives that can be changed, guys, I'm thinking about what a heavy responsibility that is. What a heavy responsibility it is. We have a loving Father. We have been blessed, and so many times, even those of us that are followers of Jesus Christ forget that He's ever present. We forget who's really in charge. We think it's my business, I built this business. when it's really our Lord and Savior. Or this is my son, my daughter, and the real thing is God is working through you to set the right example for those young people. In Psalms 48 chapter, the fourth verse, pardon me, the 14th verse, for this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even to the end of time. He's always there. When we have our morning prayer, He's there. But He was there when you were getting ready to come to church. And I remember some conversations our family had with trying to get three boys dressed and get them to church. And those were not always godly moments before church. Some of you are smiling and you understand what I mean. 
And then you walk into church and say, oh, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. It's such a beautiful day. But I'm really wanting to choke my husband. Uh, but uh, God's with us always, always and forever. Again, in the book of Psalms, like clothing, you will change them and they will be discarded. But you remain the same. David's talking about God. But God, you remain the same year after year, and you will never change. In 70 years, I've seen a lot of changes. I remember my grandmother when she passed away, and we were talking about it. uh, It may have even been at the funeral home, or it might have been when we were driving to the gravesite. The conversation was how many changes my grandmother had seen in her life. Just like the word there, your shirt. You're going to buy new shirts. You're going to get thrown this one away sooner or later. You'll wear it out. You're not driving the same car you were driving when you were 16 or 18 getting your driver's license. Some of you up here in front, your exceptions. But you've had several cars. And look at the way the cars have changed from year to year. All the electronics in the dash, and they've even got some of those cars that'll drive themselves. Look at the changes. My grandmother saw it from buggy and horses to the automobile and to people going to the moon. That kind of transition. From riding a horse to people standing on the moon. Transitions. Changes. You're guaranteed there's going to be changes. You won't keep the same house. You won't keep the same carpet. You won't keep the same dishwasher. There's changes. But there is a constant. He never changes. The Word of God is as true today as the day it was written. It has not changed. We're talking about ethics. We're talking about how we treat people. We're talking about setting examples. It was just as true over 2,000 years ago. Well, four or 5,000 years ago, going back to the Old Testament. It was just as true in those days The way you treat people, the example you set was as important then as it is today. So if you want something that does not change, and the older I get, the harder it is to change. Callaway's trying to get me to throw away an edger that I have, and uh, it's 55 or 60 years old, and it still runs, and I'm still using it, by golly. Things change. But your Lord and Savior is constant. Your Lord and Savior is constant. Every one of us have lost someone in our family. And He is there to help us in our times of grief. He is there today as He was with my grandparents, my great-grandparents, the people before they even started coming over from Europe, Uh, He has always been there for those that would go to Him. 
And he is as consistent today. If he says you're not to do something, he means it. If he says you're to operate your business and your personal life with ethics, he meant it. Those Ten Commandments are not the Ten Suggestions. He meant it when he said we're not to steal, we're not to covet our neighbor's property. He meant it. So guys, if you need a guidance, if you need somebody to kind of coach you, you can pay a psychologist, and I have nothing against psychologists, psychiatrists. I have nothing against them. Um, Great people. But I would suggest that in conjunction with your visits with those that are counselors, or maybe you don't want to go to a professional counselor, this is the best how-to-do list I have ever seen or ever will see. This is the best place to turn for those guidances. When I was in the insurance business, we had books. We had have magazines on how to run your business, how to set it up, how to network with other people. All of these how-to. But in your life and in my life, the best book that you can go to You can go down to Mardell's, you can go down to any bookstore, and you can buy books on how to do this, how to do this, and do that. But the best instruction for you and for your family, and it's better when you do it as a family, is turn into the Bible. It's there. And, oh, it takes me so long to look it up. Well, you know, folks... While you're looking it up, you're learning other things. Maybe that's that 15 or 20 minutes you, 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 were sp- you spent looking up a how-to, you came across, because I do this all the time, scripture that wasn't even on my mind, that just it's right in my face, and it was something I really needed in my life at that time. Your responsibility is great. Don't, any, don't let anybody kid you. From the very beginning, God set it up where it would be male and female. And they were one in raising their families. It's just as true today as it was in the first chapter of Genesis. Male and female. And you guys have have the opportunity to kick rocks out of the paths of your children by the lessons you teach them. You've made the mistakes. You can pass it on. Hey, Junior. Hey, Sugar, whatever you call your daughter. I've done it. I've been down this road, and it didn't work out just all that well. Take the high road. Take the high road. It may not be the one that's going to endear you to all your friends because they're wanting you to take a different path. But as the poem says, I took the path that was less traveled and it made all the difference in the world. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for each and every father, grandfather, 
that is here, that is listening. Thank you, dear Lord, and let us men understand that we have such a great responsibility and not just expect the wife or the mother to to do all of the teaching, the role model, for we have equal responsibility. Those children are looking to us and they're forming in their minds what is right and what is wrong. Let us understand that we're talking about lives. Whether we're coaching a a football team in the out of season or basketball or baseball, whether we're at church, whether we're at our office, wherever it is, let us remember, Lord, that we are an example for someone each and every day. Thank you, Lord, for always being there. Thank you for being solid. Your word was true when it was written, and it's true today. We can hang our head on it. We can hang our life on it. For that's exactly what Jesus Christ did. We pray this in your name, Lord. We love you. We cherish you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.